Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging in Style with Lori Williams. I'm so glad you're here today, and we have a very interesting show for you. We are talking about adult daycare, and many people I speak with have never heard of anything like this, heard this concept, but if you are a caregiver for someone who has dementia, this is something that, you know, something that you need to know about because it could be life-changing for you as a caregiver. So today we are talking to Laura Lester and she is the owner of Encore Memory Care Day Center. And just to tell you a little bit about her, she has always been an entrepreneur and owned and invested in other small businesses. Um, But because she has cared for loved ones with dementia in her own family, this cause is especially dear to her heart. So when the opportunity arose to invest in this venture, Laura and her husband gave capital to get it started, never dreaming that eventually she would be running it and looking forward to coming to work there every day. Uh, Laura has owned Encore Memory Care Day Center for 10 10 years, and she and her staff consider it their ministry. She says, we have created a place that we would have had our loved ones attend if it had been available when we needed it. I love that. That gives me chills. So thank you, uh, Laura, for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. I just think this is so important for people to learn what you're doing and what's available. So tell us, how did you get interested in senior living? Actually, it was a complete accident. I didn't ever plan this. I didn't. Uh, actually, I, I tell people it's a it's a God thing because uh, we did have this in our family that well, we still do. But the uh, the first person in my family that had dementia was my grandmother, and we were completely untrained. We knew nothing about dementia, and we did everything incorrectly. We did everything wrong. And my grandmother became really, really mean. And it, looking back, after I've had the training and I've been in business for so long, I, I believe that if we had known then what we know now, that she would never have gotten mean. She would have been my wonderful grandmother. But um, we didn't know what we were doing, and it was it was really, really rough. My, my mom and uh, dad both died early. So um, it was my husband and I with my grandmother. And then <laughs> when she passed, um, I also presently have a brother with dementia. So oh, no. it's, uh, it's, it's in my family. Yeah. And uh, so one of our friends um, approached my husband about investing in adult daycare that specialized in dementia. Well, that just hit us. We were like, you know, if that were available during my grandmother, uh, we would have utilized that. So we we started out as um, investors, and one thing led to another, and uh, we ended up buying out our partners. And I've been running it nine out of the ten years that we've had it. So that's how I got wow. in it. <laughs> 
That's wonderful. I remember when it started, and I can't believe it's been 10 years, but yeah, it has. <laughs> and I, I literally look forward to come to work every day. It's, it's, it's such a joy. And that's how it is. When you're following your passion, it, it doesn't right. feel like a job. You're, you know, you're making a difference. Right. Actually, when we were closed for six weeks, I was kind of grieving, honestly. I miss my, yeah. I miss my friends. So I was happy to be able to open I back I can imagine. Yeah. Wonderful. For people who've never heard of Adults Day Stay, if you can kind of describe what it is, what service um, that you actually provide, and um, how you make a difference for a senior with dementia and for their caregiver. Okay. We, uh, we're under non-COVID hours, we're open from 7.30 in the morning to 6 in the evening, Monday through Friday. Um, because of COVID, we've, we've had to reduce our hours a little bit. And so we're open right now, presently from 10 until 4. What we do is everything that we, that we do is based on the latest research in memory care. So we do cognitive activities all day long. We change activities every 30 minutes because we found out early on that if, if they get bored, sometimes they become anxious. So we just keep them really busy. And we always have something ongoing all day long. And we do do a lot of physical activity as well, because the latest research says uh, exercise is really good for this. So we literally walk six times a day and we do various. We used to dance twice a week, but we can't do that now with COVID. Hopefully when COVID's over, we'll be dancing right. again, but we can't yeah. touch each other right now. So we just, uh, but we do do fun exercises. What kind of dance. activities do you so, do? Besides the dancing. Okay, we've got a, I've got a big group crossword that we do that's on the wall. It's a, it's a giant. And um, if the person knows the word, they'll shout it out. If they don't, then they can stay quiet. So it's a, it's a fun activity for them. We do trivia, and it's all trivia that's in their long-term memory. So our goal is to keep those long-term memories sharp so that they don't go away as quickly. So we do a lot of, of trivia exercises. We do art. We do crafts. Um, we do um, rhythm exercises, and we'll do um, rhythm in- instruments. Music is magic here, so we do a lot of a lot of stuff with music. My, my caregivers really, really, really love how when their loved one comes home, they're tired, <laughs> and usually they sleep. <laughs> That's good. That's so important. We keep them busy all day, and nobody wants to take a nap. If, uh, if they're 70 and above, they're not going to take a nap. That's good. They don't want to miss anything. <laughs> Sometimes my younger people will take From really? 70 and up, no way. Isn't that oh, funny? Yeah. So the, the younger ones will take a nap, but not the older ones. Yes, yes. I wonder why that's that what we is. found in the last ten years. I don't know. They don't want the older ones don't want to miss anything. I mean, they're really this is really their their purpose. You know, at uh, Encore, we try to give everybody a purpose. Um, even though you have a a disease, doesn't mean you still don't want to give back. And so, what we try to do is everybody that comes here pretty much either thinks they're doing volunteer work here or they're working here. Because that's their purpose. They, they need to come here and get their, get something accomplished. So We say that a lot on the show, that no matter right. your age, everyone wants to have a purpose. And I, I think that's beautiful that you are incorporating that. And people think, you know, that they're volunteering, like yes. you said, or coming yes. to work. And they and have And we try purpose. to align it with the, with the job that they had in the past. 
So, like, for instance, I had a, a gentleman that was a vice president of some company. Can't name names, but uh, when we, we when he came in, he had a three-piece suit on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, did you come to interview for the job? And he said, what job? I said, vice president. He said, yes, I did. And so I hired him on the spot, brought him back, and I introduced I him it. as our new vice president. And all the ladies just swooned. <laughs> They're like, oh, the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cute. So when you have someone that comes to you and they're interested, so say it's the, you know, the wife maybe, and her husband has dementia, you do like an interview process, basically find out about their background, kind of what does that look like? Well, we we do an assessment on everyone. So we do a a complete assessment, including their background, but we also um, assess their their medical everything and so if they've ever had any any violence or anything like that we don't take those people (laughs) so we have to we have to assess the people that that we can take here we've got a very happy place and uh so they come in and basically it's different now with covid than it was prior to covid but so which just which thing do you want me to describe let's do (laughs) right now is we're very limited tour Let's yeah. do before COVID, and then we'll talk about how it's changed with COVID. Okay. Before COVID, what we do is we usually um, advise that the people come in for the first time without their loved one so that they can look around and see if this is an environment that their loved one would maybe enjoy being in. And if the answer is yes, then we can sit down and really strategize on ways to get that loved one to want to come. Because it's so much easier if they want to be there than, than if, if they're reticent. And really 99% of the people that come for the first time to a daycare situation um, or don't want to be here. So that's our job to turn it around. And uh, nobody thinks they're in daycare. We don't say the word. Nobody knows that they're doing daycare. They're coming to the center, have fun with their friends or to be to do their job or or to play bingo or whatever, but they're coming to the center for a specific reason. It has nothing to do with daycare because they know they're adults and adults don't need daycare. So the the family member knows but the but the guest does no. not. So we invite them in and we 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 find out some things about their loved one. We find out what they did for a living. We find out the, some of the things that they enjoy doing, and uh, then in non COVID times we take them back and and really introduce them to some of the other guests that are here, so that they can get a gauge. Hey, would my mom or dad or husband or wife enjoy meeting this person would my my mom or dad enjoy having a conversation with this person and so we really do take them around and introduce them tell them a little bit about each guest so that they'll have a, a gauge of of who their parent is going to be interacting with and then we bring them back and to the conference room and just ask them if they have any questions for us and we go over all those questions and if they are interested in signing up their loved one or enrolling their loved one then we'll bring the nurse in and she'll ask the medical questions and we'll go through um, we have to we do have a nurse on staff and so we do have to contact their doctor so I get a medical release form signed and we do dispense medications here if they need uh, need them. So uh, we, we get orders from the doctor and we do a care plan, uh, a careful care plan that involves the whole person, you know, who they are, what they like, 
and what their, you know, if their fall risk or we advise everyone mm-hmm. to wear closed toed shoes and not to bring anything valuable to the center. Because <laughs> who knows? Usually, though, the, the things that they lose aren't valuable. It's <laughs> funny that the things that other people might want to take aren't things that people really want. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so, um, so that's really our process on enrolling people. And then uh, on the first day that they come, we always assign them a buddy. So they have someone to kind of walk them through the day and make them feel comfortable. And that gives the, the buddy a purpose as well. You know, they're, they're making someone new feel comfortable. And everybody's very warm and welcoming here. It's a very friendly attitude, you know, atmosphere. So um, my guests are very anxious to invite more people to come and join us join in the fun because they're having fun and I absolutely love that you use the term guest <laughs> I think that's wonderful they don't live here that's no just they're just their guests they're guests and here. they're at they're at work or they're volunteering and right. they have a purpose that's right that's right so a typical day um they come in 730 they can come in as early as 730 do they have breakfast or how do you how does that work kind of walk us through a typical day when we're open at 730 in the morning we have a continental breakfast so if they're hungry they can have coffee juice just continental you know breakfast cereal bar something easy sometimes you'll make bacon but most of the time it's (laughs) just pretty straight out continental breakfast and then we do what we call coffee talk so we sit around and we don't do, sometimes we'll do news of the day, but we don't do real news of the day. We do positive news of the day. Nice. So we, so we have to go all the way to Europe to get the news because America doesn't print positive news. <laughs> can't find it. But, oh. So I have a site and that, that prints positive news, good things that have happened. So we'll, t- we'll talk about a news story and then we'll invite conversation about it. And so we'll ask the, or, or we will ask them, has anything like this ever happened to you? Or have you, have you, have you ever been in a situation similar to this? And uh, it's, a, it's a really nice morning. So we open with what we call coffee talk. And it, then as people come in, they just join the conversation and, and grab something to eat. And then we'll have a mid-morning snack at about 1030 usually. And um, then, and usually it's fruit, you know, in the morning, something like that. So then at right now we're having our devotion at 11 o'clock but we usually have a devotion at 10 o'clock every morning and basically we just do a little uh, a little devotion and then we ask if there's any prayer requests so if anybody needs prayer in a family or, or anything we'll pray for each other and then we sing old hymns so they'll sing for a half an hour old hymns they love it they i know they absolutely love those old hymns that's wonderful probably brings back some good memories for them yeah. And then every day's new, every day's a different day, every day's a new adventure. So we have a, a calendar of events that we'll follow. So depending on what's going on that day, we have different cognitive activities and uh, physical activities that we do that day. And you mentioned that, you know, sometimes if someone needs to nap, is there an area if they yes. are tired and want to lay down? Yes, I have a, um, I have a nap room. It has three beds in it, three twin beds. And Sometimes, like if somebody dozes off, we'll go and nicely wake them and ask them if they would like to lay down and then take them to the nap room. But usually if we, if we wake them, they'll go, no, no, and then they, they stay awake. But my younger ones will ask to take a nap sometimes, and so we, we let them take a nap. Yeah. Do they say, oh, I was just resting my eyes. I remember my grandfather always yeah. saying that. No, I'm not sleeping. 
Right. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are just resting. They're just home, resting. So. That's right. <laughs> Is there anyone um, that you can think of? And I'm sure you have changed so many lives, but maybe a particular story of someone who didn't know about Day Stay and has really changed their lives since they've been coming? Well, I, I've been doing this for 10 years, so there's many, many, I'm many sure. stories. I was thinking, I had a guy named Henry one time that when he came, immediately he became one of our volunteers he, because he had done a lot of volunteer work in his day. So he started really doing volunteer work from day one. He had come here for one week total, like Monday through Friday, not even seven days, Monday through Friday. And the following weekend, he was to attend a um, wedding for his family. And so he went to the wedding. The following Monday, his family said, I can't believe what you've done in one week. She said, Henry has been very reclusive. And his no- his normal personality is not reclusive. But for the past three or four years, any family event, he just sits in the corner. And at that wedding, he was up and socializing with people and talking. It, 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 he's I, We've got our old Henry back. So... They were just floored that that happened in one week's time. I mean, it, it was lovely. But we gave him a purpose. We gave him something to do. And he looked around and saw people make mistakes all the time, and nobody cares. Because that's a lot of times they're worried that they're going to make a mistake and people oh, are going to get So that, yeah, that makes and, sense. You know, maybe not be kind. So they he, he's at, in our environment. He's in our environment. People are making mistakes. We're laughing, and we're having a great day. So... He did, he's not fearful of making a mistake. So that, that, yeah, so you're able to take away their fear. They're seeing other people who are like them, and you're giving them back a purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the family members also are very grateful because they actually have some of their life back, you know, during the day, and they don't feel guilty. They do feel guilty for the first two weeks because the, the usually there's about a 10-day adjustment period for my guests. So they even if they've had a great day that day, they may tell their loved one, I hate that place. I never want to go back. You know, so it makes them feel a little guilty. But we train them what to say if they say that. But uh, usually it takes about 10 visits. And once they get past that 10 visit, then they ask their loved one, please bring me on. They'll ask on Saturday, on Sunday. And they, sometimes they have to drive to the center and prove that we're not open. <laughs> they, they want to come. Oh. Um, so Do this is really the only yeah. yeah. Do most of them come every day or is it just a couple of days a week? Is there, or I guess they can do kind of anything, right? Or what do you well, see? Well, I've got a, a two-day minimum. Okay. So uh, two days is the minimum amount that they can come because anything less than that, I'm starting over every time they come because they mm, forgot. It, it's not good for them. It's not good for my other guests because there's too much anxiety. So if we get them into a routine, as we all know, dementia, you have to have a routine. So if we get them into a routine and they're coming at least two times a week, then I'm not starting over. You know, after a while, after they've come 10 times, I'm not starting over every time that they come. So that's why there's a two-day minimum. And then some people come every day. Um, Some people come two days a week. Some people come three days a week. Some people come four days a week. It's just um, really up to them what they need. And a lot of times people will start out maybe two days a week and then they'll increase to three days. And then I had one yesterday that's increasing from two days to four days because she's like, I just love my days. And he comes home so happy. So 
that that's the thing. She she no longer feels guilty when she drops him off, and she has her freedom during the day, and knows that he's happy and well taken care of. So, it's uh, our our goal at Encore is to make sure that our family members can completely relax when they drop their family member off at Encore. I want them to be able to if they just do nothing but sleep. That's fine. I just want them to be able to completely relax. It usually takes about two weeks before they can do that, and then that that's our goal. Yeah, because you're, you're taking care of both the caregiver and the guest. Yes, and we also are training the, the caregiver as well, because when we find something that works with their loved one, we share it with them. And with dementia, you can actually use the same technique over and over and over because they forget. So we, we find yeah. something that works. We share it with the family. It makes their life easier at home. Um, their, their family member is tired when they come home. They usually sleep better. They, they are more um, talkative when they get home because they're more engaged during the day. Their brain is more day. More, we're, we're stimulating their brain all day and their bodies. So another thing that I do is I try to hire people that have had dementia in their family. As a matter of fact, I put I put that in my ad that it's a plus if you've had this in your family, because I've been doing this for ten years. I can train them everything they need to know about dementia, but I can't teach them empathy. So I want everybody that works here to understand what value that we're giving each one of these, not just the the loved one, but the caregiver as well. Absolutely. So I want them to understand. Mm-hmm. So that is that's, that's so do. important. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't, if you have not never had a loved one with dementia, you don't understand. And my grandmother had dementia. And, you know, you see the effect it has on the whole family, on the, you know, person who's taking care. In my case, it was my mom was taking care of her. And you see the stress it causes. And, you know, like you said, getting them into a routine, they come home, they are they're tired, they're engaged, you know, more. And you've also given tools to the caregiver on how they can relate better and not have those, I hate to say like arguments, but sometimes, you know, when a caregiver is taking care of a loved one in their home and they're tired and they're stressed, and sometimes, you know, you may be trying to argue and you can't argue with someone with dementia. Right, no. No, you cannot. No, so I, you have to go with it. Yeah, yeah, you have to just kind of join in on their journey and not try to tell them, no, you're, you know, we're it's not, we're not going to dinner at so and so's house who's been passed away for twenty years. You know, <laughs> you can't, you can't that. No, yeah, you can't get them to understand that. So that's just a, a lose lose for everyone. So we were when I was looking on your website, I didn't realize that. There are some other forms of payment, like through the through the VA. So I want to ask you, you know, how much it costs and how people typically pay for it, because I know that's probably the big question on people's mind right now. So if you can share that with us, that would be great. We're we're a very affordable option um, in this industry. It's it's a straight hundred dollars a day, and right now we're open six hours a day. That equates to about fifteen dollars an hour. So that is very, very, very reasonable. Um, the VA actually pays for our veterans to come. They pay us directly. We have a contract with the VA. The qualifications with the VA are that they have a um, honorable discharge and a, a, well, I can't talk today, <laughs> a 
Diagnosis? Diagnosis of dementia. <laughs> I read your mind. <laughs> Sometimes, oh my gosh, what's going on? But, but anyway, so uh, if they have those two qualifications, usually it's it, it's pretty quick for them to get approved and the VA will start picking up the tab. It, there's no, it's not like aid in attendance where they have all these very strict um, guidelines and how much money you can make. They can be really rich and still the VA will pick up the tab with us. Sometimes there's a copay of $15, but $15 is nothing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And that's the most I've ever seen a copay is $15. So it's a wonderful opportunity. And then long-term care insurance pays for this as well. And uh, we're private pay. That's an affordable option with yeah, it really is. And you said with the VA, it doesn't take as long as some of the other um, programs with the VA, maybe about two weeks and non-COVID right. times. <laughs> right. It usually takes about two weeks to get approved. If they are already in the system, it takes less time. If they have to put them, it, like they're, they're, they qualify, they're a veteran, but they're not in the, they haven't been using the VA hospital, it takes a little bit longer, but not that much. Usually it, the people in this area that work for the VA are really really do care for those veterans they really do love the veterans so they do what they can to get them approved quickly and in the center that's great also okay so covid i always ask this question because we're living in these crazy times right now so how has covid affected your center and i know you said that you did have to shut down for a little while but tell us you know how things have changed for you okay well uh, on the 17th of March, we had about 35, 40 people at both of our centers, and the president did a news conference, I'm sure everybody remembers, that said, you can't uh, have a room with more than 10 people to be safe from COVID. Well, I have the most vulnerable clientele, and I had 30 or 40 people in my center. So we closed down immediately because I didn't, we didn't feel like it was be responsible. Even though we're essential, we didn't feel like it would be responsible with this many people to stay open with the vulnerable clientele that we have. So we closed down thinking it was going to be two weeks. And then after two weeks, the president said it's going to be another month. So we were closed for six weeks. And in that period of time, I didn't know anyone that had COVID, but I saw the people that I love, kept in touch with them, but starting to decline. You know, they don't have the stimulation at home that they that they do, that they did. And it, actually, I, I lost some people as well. So it was very, it was a very painful time. I was very much grieving. So I didn't know what to do if we were going to remain in business or not. And, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of prayer, you know, God, do you want us to stay in business? You know, give us a sign. We, we don't know. And um, we got our PPP. And once we got our PPP, we had to open because that the PPP yeah. is payroll protection plan, which means we have to have people here to pay. So we decided to open on a very limited basis. So we opened just for 10 people at that time. And it went so well, you know, I have in, in uh, Bedford, I've got 6,000 square feet. In Plano, I've got 5,000. So there's a lot of room. So it's pretty easy. So all we did was we rearranged our chairs six feet apart all over the center so that nobody has to move chairs or anything. Yeah. They're already preset and we socially distanced them. It also kicked our disease control measures 
protocols up a couple of notches as well. We've been in business, as you know, for 10 years, and we know that with my clientele, anything that goes around the center can knock them out. So we have been very diligent for 10 years. This isn't like we had to learn something new, like a lot of places. We already knew how to keep contagious diseases from spreading, but we kicked it up a couple of notches. So what we do now is before the people even enter the center, we meet them at the car and we ask them a a series of questions that are like, have you had a temperature in the last two weeks? Have you taken any fever reducing medications today? Have you, you know, just a list of questions. Have you had any symptoms? Have you been around anybody that may have had some symptoms? That kind of thing in the last 14 days. And they have to answer no to all these questions before they, before we'll let their loved one come in. And we take their temperature in the car and then we go around to the other side and take their loved one's temperature. And if everything checks out, we walk the loved one into the center. Okay, once they're in the center, we wash their hands with um, hand sanitizer and then we bring them back and then they sit socially distanced. We have hand sanitizer all over the center. I'm very lucky because I've always bought it by the gallons. So when COVID hit, I had gallons of it already. <laughs> you were stocked up. I was already stocked up and I only had two people, right? So, so I was set. I had plenty of toilet paper too, so we're good. <laughs> but... We have hand sanitizer everywhere. So my my guests are very used to being huggy and touchy. And I mean, that's the way we've always done business. Sure. So we can't do that anymore, but we don't want them to think that there's anything wrong with it. So we try to keep them, we try to redirect and keep them far apart. But if a man, say, reaches over and shakes another man's hand, we're not going to single them out and say, don't do that right? All we're going to do is everybody in the room washes their hands with hand sanitizer. So we don't even single them out. Just those two get hand sanitizer. Everybody in the room. And so they're they're in the habit now that we just sanitize all the time. So it's like, okay, time to sanitize. (laughs) Because our, our main goal is those hands are clean before they touch their mouth, nose, or eyes. And we're, we treat everybody that's there, even though they've gone through all this rigorous screening, we treat everybody that's here as if they have COVID. So... I saw I was reading something cute on your website about COVID. And I mean, it's impossible to have them wear a mask, obviously. So I saw that you um, were doing like cowboy day to wear like a bandana and like that is so clever and cute. <laughs> yeah, we try to be creative with, with uh, getting them to wear the mask, but it is very hard. Some of them will. Some of my guests will wear a mask all day. But, my, but all of our staff wear a mask all day. I have my mask around my neck. I see it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, if I if I leave this office, I'll have my mask on, and we Absolutely. wear them all day long. And my my staff also knows what an uh, important uh, responsibility that they have. So when they leave work, they know that they need to carry forth their disease control measures after they leave the office too. So most of my staff just goes home. Actually, we're so tired of wearing the mask by the end of the day. We don't want to go anywhere, so we just go home. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Go home, take off the mask. Yes. <laughs> That's great. And um, I know you mentioned you have two centers and and that's something else I didn't know that I always knew about the one you have in Plano but you also have a center in Bedford. When did you open that one? We opened it in 2017. So oh. going on three years. I'm behind the time. So yeah, yeah that's wonderful. And it's beautiful. Like 
I think my center here is beautiful. It looks kind of like a country club. My center in Bedford looks like a resort. I mean, it's gorgeous. I just love it. Nice. I'm going to come see it when COVID is over. Right now we're not touring anybody. Yeah. So, So, and you have plans to hopefully big plans to open more down the road. Yes. Well, we always have. We were thinking that we were going to open 10. And so it really kind of, it's just God's will. I think I'm just going to be led by that. This COVID has really thrown us for a loop. So we'll see. But I think eventually we may even go nationwide with it because we have... I think there's such a need. I think it would be wonderful. And we have our own way of doing things that we feel is successful. So we train people to do it our way. Instead of hiring someone that's been doing it somewhere else, we may not like the way they do it. So we just hire people that have had it in their family and then we train them the encore way. And so consequently, we have a very happy, very happy place. And all of our guests are the boss. You know, they're, they're the, the, the kings and the queens. We're the servants. Absolutely. (laughs) You, (laughs) you are doing it right. And I'm just so thankful that you came on today to share about Encore. I think it's so important people know about this option and about you and the way that uh, you are you're running Encore for your guests. And I just uh, I thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I didn't rattle too much. No, you did a wonderful job. So um If you want to know about Encore, we're going to have all the information on the podcast. And uh, so you can find out where they're located, how to reach Laura. If you have questions, if you're in the Dallas area, Plano, Bedford area, um, this is a great option for your loved one. And so we'll have all that information for you. And thank you, as always, for listening into the podcast. And we would love for you to go and give us a rating. Let us know what you think of us, if we're doing a good job. And uh, if you have anything you would like to learn about related to seniors, we um, are always open to um, suggestions and would be happy to do that show for you. So thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.